What is up, my brothers and sisters? It's your boy, Trey, and I am back with another episode of the No Disrespect But Podcast. And um, honestly, just really, really excited um, for those of you that don't really pay attention to sports. I don't know why you wouldn't, but uh, for those of you who don't, the NBA draft was held last night um, in a virtual setting. And I mean, it was really exciting for me. Um, for those of you that have been uh, sticking around for a while, you know that basketball is my favorite sport, but uh, the San Antonio Spurs are my favorite team. And this is our first time picking in the lottery since we uh, drafted Tim Duncan back in 97. So I was looking forward to to who we might draft. And, and before I get to um, who we ended up drafting, I just want to say this, no disrespect, but the Washington Woods can kiss my ass because um, Denny Abdiha, uh, 6'10", small forward, power forward, uh, point forward too, uh, if you want to go that route, uh, from Israel, uh, was really high on him. Honestly, I did not think he would get past number four, number five. Um, in the draft, thought if he didn't go to the Bulls, he was definitely going to go to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, but both of those teams passed upon him. And Spurs are picking at number 11, and, and we get to uh, number 9. And um, I should have known uh, the Wizards would have targeted Denny, especially because the guy they were looking for, um, I think it's Okoro out of Auburn or um, and, um, and the guy out of uh, USC, um, he, uh, they, those, both of those players were off the board, and they were looking for an athletic center. So, uh, when those two options were no longer there, I mean, it kind of made sense to get them another uh, perimeter uh, player that could also serve uh, for point guard responsibilities if need be. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it was a good pick for them, but I hated it because he would have been the perfect spur. Uh, would have slided, would have slid him into the three position, which would have allowed Demar Derozan to go back to his shooting guard position. I think that would have that would definitely help us defensively. Um, I, I honestly could see Denny being a day one starter type of guy, uh, which would probably have meant that we move Dejounte or Derek to the bench. I would say move move Derek just so we can have that that scoring punch off the bench. But it would have been really good. Um, you also could have uh, slid Diddy over to the uh, four position. And we could have, you know, had him playing in the four position alongside LaMarcus Aldridge. So that would have been great. It would have been um, great for our youth movement as well. But just like last year, the Washington Wizards uh, screwed us again. I mean, last year wasn't really their fault. Uh, we got screwed by uh, Marcus Morris. But they still ended up getting uh, one of my favorite Spurs players, uh, Davis Bertans, um, who I believe was led the league over I mean, top three in the league in three-point percentage last year. So, clearly, the Spurs were missing him, and, and we were going to get another player similar to, to Davis in, in size and in, in length, but honestly, a more complete offensive player, um, if you ask me. But uh, good luck to you, Denny, in Washington. I hope somehow, some way, you find your way into a Spurs uniform. Uh, but... Um, while we didn't get the guy I wanted, uh, we still got a guy we needed at number 11, being um, Devin Vassell um, out of Florida State. Still plays the three position, um, a guy that you can probably slide down to the to play a small ball, small ball four at times. 
um, excellent defender. Um, he actually said he, he watched a lot of film of Kawhi Leonard, which makes me happy, but also Drew Holiday, two tenacious defenders in the league. And maybe I know, I mean, I have Kawhi as the best perimeter defender in the league, but, but Drew, for his size and the guys he's asked to guard on a nightly basis, um, he's up there as well. So um, for this young guy to, to study uh, some of those those great NBA defenders, um, makes me feel good. Um, much like Denny, I can see him uh, being a day one guy. I don't think he was picked at 11 to be put in Austin uh, to, to be in the G League. I think he was drafted to play. Uh, he may not play big minutes right away. Uh, if you know Pop, you know you have to earn those stripes as a rookie. Uh, but I can see him um, I'm getting some minutes. Um, like I said, he's a very tenacious defender from Florida State. Great program. Um, I think they're one of the better programs in the country. Definitely playing in the best basketball conference, in my opinion, being the uh, ACC. Um, so I'm high on him. Um, I know he's a team first guy. If you know anything about Florida State, they run a 10-deep system. So, um, you know, you got to have guys that are willing to share the big minutes um, and share opportunities with the teammates. And that's what it is about being a spur. I mean, it's the Spurs way. Um, it's not about one or two guys. It's about a team. It's about a unit. Um, and he's definitely somebody we can plug into the machine that can give us an element that we've been missing since Kawhi has left, which is a small forward um, that can can be a defender, a 3 and D guy. Oh, by the way, he did shoot over 40% from three last year. Um, so, and, and honestly, if we're doing the Kawhi comparison, I think he's a little bit uh, more involved, evolved in his game than Kawhi was when he got here. Um, for those of you um, that know, Kawhi didn't have the best you know, jumper coming in um, to the league. And, and so working with Chip England, um, one of our assistant coaches, really helped him evolve as a shooter. Um, but Devin Vassell comes in already kind of having that in his game. Uh, which is very exciting, uh, which makes me even more um, optimistic that uh, he's going to get some minutes on the active roster uh, really soon. Um, I don't think he has really uh, deficiencies or holes in his game to where, you know, Pop um, and the organization may think he needs some time in the G League. I think he's going to play, especially with the month to prepare. I think he can come in and compete with some guys. Um, I do expect uh, the Spurs to part ways with Bryn Forbes and uh, Marco Bellinelli uh, when free agency starts. In the, I think tomorrow free agency starts. So, so definitely you guys will be getting an episode about that because I'm expecting those two guys, thankfully, to not be in Spurs uniforms anymore. Um, I'm open to bringing Bryn back, but only if it's uh, uh, as a, a role player. Not as a starter. Uh, we've been getting our ass kicked with him as our starting two. So, again, having Devin Vassell here, I think, um, you know, you could bring, you could you could slot DeMar DeRozan back at the shooting guard position. You might start a Lonnie Walker the fourth. You might start a Kelton Johnson at the three position. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if Devin Vassell uh, makes a run for that position, that starting position. I mean, I don't know if he'll play starter minutes, but I could see him uh, being our starting three. Um, and, and you're going to Lonnie and, and a Keldon um, and a Rudy Gay for closing minutes and closing games. But I'm really excited um, about this rookie for my San Antonio Spurs. Now, 
Well, just stick with my Spurs here, guys, and I promise I'll, I'll get to the other team and some of my favorite uh, picks in the draft. Uh, but I just want to, you know, my Spurs don't always get a lot of love. So I definitely want to make sure I highlight, you know, what they were able to accomplish. I mean, you know, like I said, at 11 with Denny falling, I thought we could have got him. Uh, coming into the draft, there was a lot of speculation that we would move LaMarcus Aldridge for that number two pick. And I was really hoping that we could make that happen because James Wiseman is a stud. I think he is the love child of David Robinson and Tim Duncan. And I would have loved to see him in a Spurs uniform, but that trade didn't happen. And, I, and I'll get to James and the Warriors in a second. But but sticking with my Spurs in the second round uh, with the 41st pick, um, they picked up Trey Jones out of Duke. And um, initially, um, I wasn't too high on the pick. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, Trey Jones is by far my favorite player who plays for my favorite college basketball team, the Duke, uh, Duke University Blue Devils. So um, I love him as a player, but, you know, me, um, I I have an issue, and we, we already have a bunch of point guards and, and stockpiling that position. Uh, but actually, you know, just thinking a little bit, Trey, um, who was the ACC Player of the Year and Defensive Player of the Year in the ACC, he brings an element to our bench that we haven't had in a, in, in quite some time. And, and this is what I mean by that. Uh, Trey Jones, he's he can't score, but he's a pass-first kind of guy. He can get you uh, set. And um, I get a lot of Corey Joseph vibes from him, a guy that can initiate the offense, get his teammates involved. Um, not a reliable three-point shooter just yet, but working with Chip England, um, I believe he can evolve into that just uh, like Corey Joseph eventually evolved into a not great three-point shooter, but a guy that, sh- that could take that shot and, and had some confidence in, in making it and taking that shot. Um, also, um, I think he's a guy that you can run with Patty Mills. I think he's going to be someone to be put in the G League, but uh, much like Vassell, I can see him, I can see Trey Jones um, vying for some minutes with the active roster. Um, you're going to get a guy on the bench that, again, can make plays for his teammates. So now we have a, a facilitator. Um, over the past few years, we've had guys, um, and this includes Manu Ginobili as well, guys that were more so scores. They had that score mentality. Yes, they can make plays for their teammates, but we have Manu, Patty, uh, Marco, uh, you might have Lonnie coming off the bench. You might have DeJounte, Derek. Those are guards that um, look to score first. And, and having a guy like Trey Jones, uh, who's a proven leader, uh, stayed an extra year at Duke uh, to improve on his shooting and his leadership. And I, I would say he did just that. Um, you have a guy that can come in. Um, that, that comes from a winning program and, and can do some positive things for you. Like I said, you know, his shots, uh, his NBA shots are going to uh, need some work, but he does have a beautiful mid-range. Um, the Spurs are not opposed to the mid-range. Uh, if you know anything about that organization, they're going to take what you're good at, uh, make you great. They're going to take what you're not so good at and make you good at it. Um, and, and so I think they're going to improve on his, his three-point shooting, but they're going to put him in positions to utilize his mid-range game, his pick-and-roll, uh, ball handling, and his defense. Um, I'm excited because we have a lot of young perimeter players, and they are all monsters on the defensive end. You can think of DeJounte Murray, the youngest um, 
player to make it on an all-NBA defensive team. Then you bring in Derek White, uh, who was one of the top uh, leaders in blocks by a guard. Um, finished the season off leading the bubble in charges taken. Uh, so he's a tenacious defender. Obviously, you know what Lonnie Walker brings to the table. Um, Keldon Johnson, one of his things coming into the league was being more consistent on the defensive end. And um, his time in the G League definitely improved his defense. I mean, one thing that stands out about him um, is our last game pre-bubble uh, where we're playing the Dallas Mavericks, and he guards Luka for a possession. And he's just in front of him, Luka's, you know, dancing, trying to get past him, and, and Keldon just in front of him gets a steal, and um, that still leads to a fast break bucket uh, by Marco Bellinelli. Um, so we, uh, I think we're going to get back to the Spurs roots, which is defense first. Defense creating offense, and I love that. Um, so definitely excited about our two draft picks. Looking to see um, if we make some noise in free agency. Knowing my Spurs, we won't really do a whole lot, if anything at all. Um, I know if we do let Bryn and Marco walk, um, I'm hoping we bring somebody in um, that can help uh, spread the floor. Another 3 and D guy, um, a veteran that can that can help in that aspect. Uh, so, so it would be really good to see who we bring in in free agency. But... Um, that's enough about my team. Now I just kind of want to talk about, uh, you know, some of my favorite players, um, what I thought about some of the picks. Um, so obviously, Anthony Edwards, he was pretty much number one on everybody's big board uh, for a very long time. So Minnesota Timberwolves taking him uh, was not a surprise. Um, I did think that uh, they would consider um, trading that pick for a star player, but I mean, who in the league right now is worth that number one overall pick that you can get? And so um, it made it made a lot more sense that they they stood pat at pick number one, took the one of the best players. I, I think Lamella Ball was the best player available, but for what Minnesota needed, they needed a two guard um, that can play defense. I know a lot of critics say he's so so on that, and he he can play defense when he wants to. Um, and so I think I think he's he's going to develop some want to in the NBA, especially because he's going to be asked to uh, defend um, the offense or the opposing team's best perimeter player because you're not going to have D'Angelo Russell take on that assignment. So I expect Andy Edwards to to involve into a defensive uh, juggernaut. He might not be your best defender, but but he'll be good enough. He'll make it difficult uh, for some opposing guards, and, and I do like that. Also, he's a guy that um, he can shoot the three. Um, I know this past season he was taking a lot of tough shots, but, hey, University of Georgia, you're their only really offensive threat, and so it makes sense that you're going to take a lot of tough three-pointers. But I think having D'Angelo Russell initiating the offense, obviously having big cat Carl Anthony Towns, it's going to alleviate some of that pressure on him to to create his own shots, uh, which he can very well do. But I, I see him um, getting a lot of, of pin-down screens, um, getting some off-ball screens and shooting some threes that way, um, spotting up in the corner off some pick-and-roll action with Russell and Cat. Um, but also, when we go to the bench unit, he's someone that, you can let run the offense. So when you're letting Russ get his rest or even Cat run his rest, you have somebody that can 
run the offense, get some assists, get some points on his own. And so um, it was a safe pick, but, I mean, he was – Anthony Edwards was number one for pretty much everyone coming into this draft, so it just made sense. Uh, number two overall, um, like I said, I wanted the Spurs to trade for that pick, get James Wiseman. Um, and, I, and I knew there was some discussion on whether um, Golden State – would decide to take Lamelo Ball with the news that Clay Thompson had suffered a lower leg injury, uh, with Summer saying uh, maybe an Achilles issue, which could keep him out next season. Um, but like some of some of the the former executives, um, like uh, Bobby Marks and um, and Jay Billis said, I was watching ESPN. You know, you went a few months, you know, knowing who you wanted to take at this pick, and you don't overreact. You don't draft somebody that you didn't have the highest on your board just because of a circumstance. Because had Clay not gotten injured, who would you have chosen? And I think you stick with that. And I believe the Warriors did stick with that by selecting James Wiseman out of Memphis. And I know he only played three games at the collegiate level, and I was able to see uh, two of them. And this guy is a bona fide stud. And while he's the number two overall pick, he won't have that same pressure that a top uh, three pick would typically have. Because, yes, he's going to the Warriors that have championship aspirations, but he's not necessarily expected to be um, the driver of that. Yes, he's expected to take on the mantle once Clay and Steph and even Draymond retire and things like that and get an age. But as of now, he's just being asked to protect the rim, uh, do great in pick and roll situations, dive to the rim, get a lot of lives, which he's going to get from Draymond and Steph. I can almost guarantee it. But also, there's going to be situations where he can do the pick and pop. And um, while you know there's some questions about his his jumper from deep, I th- I mean I saw him left hander Southpaw Nation stand up. He has uh, the necessary touch. And, and shooters know I'm a shooter myself. Shooters shoot. And, and you can tell when a player has that touch where they can um, be able to stretch their range with ease. And I think, you know, working um, with the Golden State Warriors staff and obviously being able to watch Steph and Clay, especially Clay when he's healthy, um, I think he's definitely going to learn um, how to be a consistent three point shooter. But don't think for one second that the Golden State Warriors are going to basically force him and say, hey, we want you to, to camp out um, and shoot three-pointers. Um, I see him as a guy that might take three or four a game, but his bread and butter will be in the mid-range in the post, and I can very well see the Warriors going to him in certain situations when they need an easy bucket. Um, think about the landscape of the NBA right now. He's rarely ever going to be defended by a true center. And knowing that, and basketball being a game of matchups, and the, and the Golden State Warriors being one of those teams that willingly exploit mismatches, um, I think you're going to see a lot of post-ups uh, from James Wiseman. And, and I'm interested to see how much of a, how good of a passer he is because I can see, you know, dropping it down to him in the post, running some cross action for Stafford Clay, and having him throw it to the opposite side, opposite corner, things like that, um, and running offense through James Wiseman. So, so he's going to be great. Um, third overall, pff, come on, man, big baller, big baller brand, Triple B. Um, man, I love the ball family. Um, I love 
I love Lonzo coming out of UCLA, and I love Lamelo even more because he has he has that it that that hunger that that Lonzo didn't have. If, if you look at the two uh, brothers, Lonzo was just kind of a little bit uh, lax. You know, hey, I'm I'm make my plays. I'm gonna do what I do, but Lamelo has that that edge that he's going to go at you every play. And ironically enough, he gets drafted by an organization led by the greatest basketball player of all time that also had that edge that he wanted to come at you every play. And he wanted to let you know that he was here and he wasn't going away anytime soon. Um, So definitely high on the LaMelo ball pick. Um, I think... Charlotte has a chance to make the postseason. Um, it honestly depends on what they do in free agency. I think they still need another piece. Um, I thought they might try to trade that pick for Russell Westbrook, but um, but Lamelo Ball, who I think is the best player in this draft, talent wise. Um, Six seven six eight probably can still grow some more. So you you'll have a a Magic Johnson type of height. Um, can definitely make plays for his teammates. Um, we look at that team and some of the guard play they have. Uh, their guys are mostly score first. But when you look at Lamelo, you know he could go for thirty, but he'll most rather have fifteen and and ten or twelve assists. That's his game. Uh, he's going to be a pass-first guy. But when asked to, I think he's somebody that can make a play. Now, he did shoot uh, 25%, 27% from three-point line in the 12 games he played in Australia, which uh, gives you uh, cause to pause about what he can bring to the NBA level because if you can't, if you don't have a, a reliable jumper in the NBA, um, you're not going to be as good as you can be. And you've seen that with his brother, uh, Alonzo where, um, you know, he's being asked to have more perimeter shot, especially in in half-court offense. But um, I think LaMelo um, is going to improve in that department in his shooting, much like his brother improved last year. But um, really, really looking forward to him in Charlotte and being under the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan and his ownership team. Um, Definitely want to see that one-on-one with LeVar Ball and MJ, but you know, the metal ball of Charlotte, they have somebody who's going to put butts in seats, um, and that's and that's what you need, um, especially when you lose a star talent like Kimba Walker. I mean, free agency last year, you're going to need somebody else to build um, your organization around. I think Lamelo Ball is uh, that guy. Um, I'm going to skip a few picks. Um, I'm gonna go to the Hawks at six, um, and, and they got Okungwu. I, I think that's how you pronounce it. And sorry if, if I mispronounced that, because um, I'm a stickler for getting people's names right. But um, I was surprised at the pick. Um, I am a season ticket holder for the Atlanta Hawks. I do live in Georgia. I was surprised about the pick, honestly, because they're already crowded at the forward or at the front court position. Uh, you have you have John Collins. Um, you have um, Capella. Um, you have our, our big guy we got from from Maryland, um, Bruno. Um, 
So 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 we're we're kind of crowded at that position. Um, and he's also a guy out of USC that doesn't necessarily spread the floor. So when you're thinking of lineups with some of our bigs, um, I find it hard to see how he translates. I mean, John Collins obviously has improved his game uh, from deep, but still not as reliable mm-hmm. as you would think. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, he's better suited as a pick-and-roll guy diving to the rim uh, with Trey Young. I really thought they were going to get a guard um, in the first round. I just thought that was a need for them. Um, somebody to pair alongside um, Trey Young. And somebody that can also not not also take away those defensive duties from Trey Young, much like Anthony Edwards is going to do for D'Angelo Russell, uh, but also somebody that could to make plays. I think a lot of pressure in my – this is my second year as a season ticket – I'm going into my second year as a season ticket holder. I think the Hawks have put a lot of pressure on Trey Young to make plays, not only to score, but to make um, – but to create opportunities for his teammates. And I think – they needed another guard. Um, speaking of free agency, there is some hopes that they'll bring Rajon Rondo into the fold, which I think would be great for the development of Trey Young, both as a playmaker, but also someone that can help, you know, alleviate some of those duties and, and make some plays for the second unit. Um, so I wasn't too high on their pick. I also thought maybe they might trade uh, out of that sixth pick, maybe trade back in the draft. Um Maybe trade uh, with San Antonio, um, get DeMar DeRozan and that 11th pick and, and give that pick to San Antonio. Um, but, but DeMar, if you're listening to this, I really don't want you to get traded. I love you, man. But I just thought that might be a possibility. It was rumored to be. So, you know, wasn't too high on the pick, but I am excited. Um, he had a lot of emotion um, after being drafted. Um, obviously, uh, lost his brother a few years ago, so definitely playing for him. So, I mean... Energy, high-energy kid. Um, I don't know if he's going to get big minutes right away because our front court is loaded. But i um, really excited to see uh, what he might bring to the fold. Now, the Hawks' second-round pick uh, was one of my favorites of the night. Um, and, and, and to be honest with you, I haven't watched a lot of Skylar Mays at LSU, but I do have a lot of friends that, that pay attention to their basketball program. And and what I do know about Skylar Mays is, is he's a guy that can stretch the floor, but high-level defensive player. And kind of what I mentioned with that number six pick, thinking that they would the Hawks would draft a guard to compliment Trey, well, you have that in Skylar Mays now. And he's not necessarily the playmaker you would want to see alongside Trey Young. Uh, so they can kind of go back and forth. But he's a guy that can stretch the floor. Um, he's a guy that can play high-level defense. And looking at the Hawks roster, I honestly, depending on how camp goes, I can see Skylar Mays being the starting two guard for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and depending also what they do in free agency, um, there's also been some talk about them wanting Bradley Bill. So we'll see. But if those things don't happen and the roster stays intact, I can very well see um, Skylar Mays being the starting two. Um and that's going to bring some defensive um, mindedness uh, because, I mean, four of your five starters are going to be defensive guys. Um, and, I mean, and Trey, you know, he's while he's not a high-level defender, he's he's no slouch either. I, I, don't, I wouldn't say that 
opposing guards abuse him on the other end. I, I think he can hold his own uh, to some degree. And so it's going to be exciting now that he's not going to be asked to do so much on the defensive end, um, that he can focus a lot more on the offensive end. And, and I think the Hawks still need to find him a secondary playmaker to help alleviate um, some of those responsibilities just to give him a break a little bit. And maybe even, you know, rest him a little bit um, at times. But I'm excited, just like I'm excited about the Spurs as a fan, as a season ticket holder and a fan of the Atlanta Hawks. I'm excited about them. Um, they have to make the playoffs this year. I don't see any reason why they shouldn't. I know last year with John Collins missing 25 games, um, I think they were 5-20 and 20 without him. So, obviously, that's a, that's a that's a big hit on making the playoff in the Eastern Conference. But with him healthy and, and, and ready, with Capella coming uh, to the fold, um, obviously, the Hawks have uh, some of the, the highest cap space in the NBA going into free agency. So, I think they can get some players that they can uh, center around Trey Young and they can make a run for the playoffs. And, like I said, as a season ticket holder, I would be very, very I'm excited about that. Um, so, I mean, you know, those those are some some of my my favorite picks. Um, I know I know you guys, you know, that listen, you know, follow me on Twitter at no disrespect, but please comment who your favorite draft pick of the night was. Um, and like I said, you know, the Washington Wizards they can go screw themselves. And I don't mean to be disrespectful, but uh, really, really uh, wanted Denny. Um, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. We got some great players. Um, really excited about that um, for my San Antonio Spurs. Also excited for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, one pick, and I want to make sure for my, my pals, people out there, I don't want you guys to kill me. Um, Kira Lewis Jr. Um, out of the University of Alabama. Uh, Roll Tide. Um, he's going to be a good pick. Now, Obviously, the Pels are a bit a bit stopped, to say the least, at the point guard position, having brought Eric Bledsoe and George Hill uh, to the team via trade. I think they move Eric Bledsoe. Uh, Hill's a better player, and you might get some for him, especially with his expiring contract. But for the development of your team and having um, a core veteran, you lost in Drew Holiday, a guy that's, that can make plays, can spread the floor, and is defensive-minded. I think having George Hill there uh, with the Pelicans as they transition and try to vie for a playoff spot, uh, George Hill is a winner. Everywhere he's gone, uh, they've improved. Um, you know, he was he was good. He was solid for the Spurs. He got his opportunity with Indiana, made them a better team. Um, and then finally got another opportunity with the Bucks. Um, oh, also played for the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, for one year as well. So. Um, Really excited about him. I think I think the Pels, and I hope the Pels keep him. Uh, find a way to trade Eric Bledsoe. Uh, maybe trade trade Eric Bledsoe in the first round pick for a, a Kelly Oubre over in Oklahoma City. I know Oklahoma City is trying to stockpile picks, so so maybe that's somebody um, they can get. But but Kira Lewis, um, he's a mod, he's he's a he's another version of De'Aaron Fox as far as the speed and how they can get downhill and then transition. And he's a playmaker, and that's kind of what the what the Pelicans were missing in their second unit—a playmaker. Obviously, Lonzo Ball, I still think is going to be your starting point guard. I know a lot of people are, are 
are signing off on him or signing out on him and saying, oh, Kira Lewis is going to take that job. But but Belonzo Ball, still one of my favorite players in the league, he's, a, he's an excellent player, and I think he's just what you need to create plays. And, and the chemistry he was developing with Zion is just unbelievable. And so I think a, a, a camp and an offseason with that is going to do wonders for that connection. And I think Kira Lewis is going to be some somebody that's going to spearhead that point guard position on the bench because the Pelicans didn't have that last year. They didn't have a they didn't have somebody that could facilitate the offense and and I think when their starters went out, uh there was there was a real struggle. Um but now you're 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 allowing some depth. Uh also George Hill, while he is a point guard traditionally, he can slide over to that shooting guard position. Um he's also a playmaker as well. Um Josh Hart, who can defend positions one through three. Obviously he's still gonna be in the fold as well. Um, so really excited about this young Pelicans team. They are in my Spurs division, so I have to be weary of my praise of them. But um, I do expect uh, the Pelicans to be a playoff team, and I am also looking forward, uh, like my Spurs and the Hawks, looking forward to seeing what they do in free agency. They have a good bit of cash space. Um, they should go after a, a perimeter player, a guy that can play that three and four position Um uh, definitely need somebody to compliment Zion, um, who's not the best perimeter threat. So you want to get somebody that can space the floor and help Zion in his development um, as a perennial all-star um, and MVP candidate at some point. Um, and, and my last pick that I just kind of want to give give a shout-out to because, you know, your, your upperclassmen guys that, that aren't freshmen one and duns. They don't get a lot of love. And so I want to give a, a lot of love to O.B. Toppin. Drafted by the New York Knicks out of Dayton. Uh, was the AP Player of the Year, uh, out of uh, like I said, out of Dayton. And I'm excited for him because, you know, upperclassmen, they don't get a lot of love in this landscape in the NBA. And people will tell you that, oh, it's because they're not good enough and, and things like that. But we all know it's just a money grab. Um, the the league, the, the teams just want to get the most out of you. Um and so they, they prefer to get guys that are 18, 19 years old, one and done. But, but OB Toppin, he is going to be a baller. And he was extremely emotional on draft night, playing for his hometown team, I might add you. He's from New York. So he's going to be playing for his beloved uh, New York Knicks. And just looking at his eye, looking in his eyes, man, um, especially not being able to, to play in the tournament this year, I think he was going to make a lot of noise and separate himself from the pack. Also, I think Dayton, uh, who's probably going to get a, get a number one seed in the tournament, was going to. I had him going to the final four, so um, I think I think Obi's a little pissed off, and I think he's going to play a little pissed off because uh, he he's a top three talent. He is a top three talent, and I think he's going to play a little pissed off this year, and he's going to play at the highest level. Um, he's listed as a power forward, but at six five, I think he's going to transition to the small four position, much like uh, Draymond Green did. Um, he's a high flyer, so obviously Madison, Madison Square Garden, uh, he's going to pack the house. People are going to want to see him uh, make some plays um, in transition. Um, he was improving his three-point shot this season, so I fully expect him to do the same thing in the NBA. Um, and and working under Tom Thibodeau, I mean, you're going to play big minutes, bud, but I already know uh, we're going to see your best uh, because Tom Thibodeau, I'm not – the highest on him, I know he's a great coach, but um, and I know he's going to get the best out of Obi, and also a team 
that is kind of stockpiled at the forward position, but but Obi's going to move slide over to that three position. Mm-hmm. Um, then you're going to have obviously RG at that two position. So um, it's really going to be very exciting, very exciting uh, to see what happens in the Garden this year. Mm, I don't see them necessarily as a playoff team just yet, but I think they can be a team on the cusp of it, especially Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau didn't come there to do a full rebuild. I think he saw some things in these players that he can get some out out of them. So really excited to see what Obi Toppin does. Um, and and before I sign off, man, just just want to congratulate all of the draftees tonight or last night. Um, I know you guys worked really hard to get where you are, but the journey doesn't end here. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep striving to be the best. Um, some of you guys are, are coming or were drafted to, to change the fortunes of a franchise. Um, hey, I know that's a big role, big responsibility, but hey, trust your game and do what you do. You got drafted for a reason. You got drafted for what you bring to the table. Don't get away from that. Don't try to do too much. Do what you do. Also, there are some guys that, hey, you might be a missing piece for a championship team, i.e. James Wiseman. Hey, play your role. Yeah, you're a top pick, but hey, you don't have to worry about those expectations right now. And then you have some guys like, like you know, Devin Fussell, Trey Jones, uh, Skylar Mays that are going to be role guys. Hey, come in, play your role, win your role. I like to say that, win your role. Whatever your role may be, win at it. Um, and you'll evolve along the way as a player and a talent. So you might not get the All-Stars. Uh, you might not get a, a giant contract, but um, you'll make a name for yourself in this league, and, and that's all you can do. Uh, trust your process. Um, just much like some of the top draft picks, you go, you were drafted for a reason. You have a certain uh, set of skills, and you need to utilize those to the best of your ability. And for those that weren't drafted uh, last night, um, I know it might be tough for some of you guys you feel like you were overlooked, passed on, but hey, use this um, as the fire to fuel you um, to get better. You know, there's a lot of two-way contracts coming out. Um, definitely can sign as an undrafted free agent. Um, if you have to go overseas for a little bit, take that journey as well. But um, but you guys shouldn't feel down. Those teams passed on you, and all you can do is work on your craft and get the opportunity to make all those teams, all 30 NBA teams that passed on you twice, make them regret it. Somebody's going to give you an opportunity, and you have to make sure you make the most of that opportunity. There's been a lot of undrafted players that have made a name for themselves in this league, and you can be one of those. Um, Just trust in your process. Um, And so, guys, uh, thanks Thanks for being on this episode with me. Uh, I wasn't too disrespectful because, honestly, you know, um, I want to respect these guys not. It was all about them. And I know there's a few players that I didn't highlight, but, hey, um, I just kind of wanted to focus on guys I was high on coming into the draft and and, and where they went. So um, looking forward to this NBA season. Definitely going to be back with another episode shortly about free agency and my um, predictions for the upcoming season. Um, really excited about this NBA season. I believe the Spurs are back. Um, I believe the Hawks are going to make the playoffs. I think the Pels are going to make the playoffs. I think the Warriors are back, um, barring um, Clay's health. Um, so really, really excited. Um, I know for I know for a fact 
I didn't offend anybody. But if I did, I would say that is a good thing because, again, um, it's an opportunity for me to learn. It's an opportunity for you to teach me. So um, you had a problem with some of the guys I highlighted. You're not too high on them or or you want to, to highlight uh, someone that your organization uh, picked up and what you're high on. Uh, you know how to get at me. Hit me up at No Disrespect But Podcast um, on Twitter. Follow the account. Let me know what else you want to hear. Let me know what you thought about this. Um, please tell me who your favorite player was, who your favorite team is, and, and what your expectations are, and what you're hoping uh, to get out of them. I'm um, a free agency and building um, a team around some of the core guys that got drafted last night. Um, but, like I said, if you got issues with what I said, you can always reach me, but I always ask to make sure you keep it respectful. Peace.